Hello, my courageous beauties. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Courageous Beauty Podcast. Um, have something really good for us today. And uh, the title of this episode is What You Eat Grows the Most. Right? I know we've heard that before, but I want to dive into a couple things. And what brought this about was I heard this song and it said, It's a won't he make you clean inside? Won't he make you clean inside? And so I heard that song, and I, I believe it's Hezekiah Walker. Uh, and and I was like, hmm. I wasn't sure if there was an exact scripture that said that. And I came across a couple of Jesus talking to the Pharisees recorded in Matthew and in Luke. So why don't we take a peek on and on the scriptures and see what Jesus had to say to the disciples and us, shall we? So I'm going to start with Matthew 23, 26. And you know how I like to do a couple different translations um, for the core scriptures. And so Matthew 26, 23 and 26 in the New Living Translation says, You blind Pharisee, First, wash the inside of the cup and the dish, and then the outside will become clean too. And the King James of that says, Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. Luke 11.39, New Living Translation says, Then the Lord said to him, you Pharisees are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you are filthy, full of greed and wickedness. King James Version of that says, And the Lord said unto him, Now do ye Pharisees may clean the outside of the cup and the platter, but your inward part is full of raving and wickedness. So I want to take us to a situation where in Matthew 4, where Jesus was in the wilderness and he was being tempted by Satan, okay? Because I want to set a precedent with this. So I'm going to go to that right now. Now, the, the main point is Matthew 4 and 4, but I'm going to read 1 through 4. And it says, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And um, I said I was going to stop there, but let me let me read a couple more. It says, Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against the stone. And Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And then um, it goes on to say that, you know, Satan continued to try to tempt Jesus, um, you know, and Jesus obviously rebuked him. Now, 
I mentioned this in the episode before that Satan will try to he he is the he is the one that will kick a man while he's down. When you're fasting and you, you're you're denying your flesh, you are denying your flesh so that your spirit man has room to grow. And what Satan likes to do is to try to come in your times when you are weak. And in this and and I mean anybody that would fast for forty days and forty nights would be weak in their flesh. Obviously, Jesus wasn't weak in the spirit though. You know, he didn't succumb to the situation at hand. And the reason why this is important is because we have to remember that in order to be clean on the inside, we can't just live about bread alone. Bread can be representation of of provision in a good way, but it could also be representation of the things that we, you know, greed or anything, you know, some things that we're going to talk about can be representation of anything you think you need um, that will potentially cause you to fall, right? And so that's why we need to live by the word of God alone. You know, everything that uh, proceeds out of the mouth of God. And we shall eat meat of the word and no longer milk. But know that Satan will try to tempt you and make things hard. And in Psalm 51 is, uh, you know, if you know the background of David, um, he actually was a man after God's own heart. But he did some some really foul things. And in Psalm 51, this says to the chief musician, a Psalm of David, meaning David is he, he was a musician, he was a worshiper. And uh, he he did something really foul. He literally had a man killed just to take his wife. So when people say, oh, the Bible times are happening, it, it really is. <laughs> You know, on one hand, David was, you know, a worshiper and he ended up being a king and all these things like that. But he still, he still lived his life in in sin at some points. And Nathan was a prophet that came to him after, after he had gone into Bathsheba. And um, because he even got her pregnant, unfortunately that child died. But he's asking God now after he realized what he was, he was blind at the moment in a sense of blind, sinful blindness, you know, and it said, he says, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin, for I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me, Against thee, thee only, have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, this is the part that I want you guys to get. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. And behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. And he's saying, purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. And this is, I don't know if anyone has ever heard this, but this is a really popular part of the scripture. Starting at verse 10 where it says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. And so, um, let's see. 
So with that being said, we we have to understand that, as I said, you know, when Satan, he will try to tempt you. And it's because of Psalm 51. We know that this psalm was made from David trying to get his way back to God from what he did. But all of us have situations. And so we, we know that we are born into sin nature, you know, born into iniquity right from our mother's wombs. And that's why you can see videos of little kids lying already, like not even, you know, I mean, and it's so crazy. We laugh and they, they're not necessarily taught how to lie. It's because the sin nature is there. We laugh about it because we're like, oh, it's so cute, you know, little kid. I mean, you know, kids are cute. But to be honest, I think we laugh because it's more of something that really catches us off guard. Like, and, and, you know, people laugh to cope with it because it's really not cute. Because really, is it really funny for a kid to have icing and cake all over their mouth? And you say, did you eat that cake? And they say, no. That's a bold-faced lie. And I think that those are learned behaviors as well. Um, and as parents and as in you know family members, we must set a precedent that that's not okay at an early age, you know. And that's simply why we ask God, like David did, creating us a clean heart, O oh Lord, and renew a right spirit within us. We must know we're born into sin because we were born into this world. But it doesn't mean we can't counteract the sin nature with the word of God, how Jesus did. And we can do that by making sure we monitor what and who we allow access to us and to penetrate our spirits. We ought to know we are what we consume and what we eat the most will grow the most and show on the outside of us. Now, which is why we need to be concerned more on the inward man and what is going to be coming out of our hearts. We don't want the things of Mark 7, 20 and 23 coming out of our hearts. And so it says, for he has said that it is what comes out of the man that defiles the man. For from within, out of the heart of men, come forth evil thoughts. The adulteries, which of course, that's what David did. The fornications, you know, the murders. That's what Cain did, murdered his brother because he was jealous of his offering that he gave God. The thefts, taking something that's not yours. Covetousness, which could lead to theft because you're having excessive greed over what someone else has. The wickedness, the deceit, the lasciviousness. And lasciviousness is driven by lust or preoccupied with with exhibiting lustful desires. There's an evil eye, the slander, you know, putting putting negativity on someone's name, you know, the pride, the unwill, unwiseness. All these evil things come out from within and defile the man, which is why Jesus was saying that the Pharisees were blind because they represented all of that. But yet they were so worried about their image. And so... I'm going to go to 2 Timothy 3 because I think it's important for us to see. I think it's important for us to see that. So 2 Timothy 3 says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. 
for men shall be lovers of their own selves. Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, with natural, with without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. Like that's why the term haters has come, right? Those that are good, people despise people that are good or doing good. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Have and this is the this is the scripture that that I chose, which is verse five, 2 Timothy three and five, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. And the thing about that is that's what the Pharisees did. They were high priests, they knew the law, and that to them presented to have pride. That to them meant that they were so powerful. But that was just a form of godliness. They wanted to appear holy, but they denied the power of God. And and, and, the, and the way they did that is because love equals the power of God. You know, if you don't have love, you don't have power. The word of God tells you, even when you have an alt with your brother, lay your gift at the altar. Your gifts, your titles don't mean anything if you have an alt with someone. You got to go lay that at the lay your gift at the altar and go make that right. As much as lies within you, make peace with all men, you know? And then you can pick up your power. And in fact, you're going to be even more effectual with your power because now you're operating in love. But the Pharisees, they were having a form of godliness but denied the power thereof. And for us, for such, turn away. God is telling those that we want to deny the power of God to turn away from that and try to be holy. Turn away from that, you know? And because the reason why verse 6 says here, it says, For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women, laden with sins, led away with divers lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. You know, the truth is we do live in sin, but there is an option. There is a way, you know. And it's so crazy because the Pharisees, they were the Sadducees and um, Pharisees and Sadducees were over the Sanhedrin. They knew the law. They knew the Old Testament. They knew it all. Right. But they didn't necessarily live it. And the sad part is they were, like I said, they were having a form of godliness, but they're not the power thereof. So much so. They missed their, they missed our Savior. They missed Jesus being with them. They missed the opportunity to walk with him. And you know what they did? They crucified him. They killed him. Because he was preaching that he was the son of man. He was the son of God. He was the savior. The one that they are they have been waiting for. And you know, still Jews today are still waiting on Jesus to come back. Like we are. We all are. But what would have happened back then if they would have acknowledged him? Well, I'll tell you what. There was actually a Pharisee that acknowledged him. It was Nicodemus. He was a Pharisee. He acknowledged Jesus. He actually sought after Jesus, but he sought after him at night. So no one would recognize him. He snuck and found Jesus and secretly met with him. Why? Because he was a Pharisee. And he knew 
that if they found out, he would probably be kicked out. Or he would lose his position and his power, you know? But he was so, it was something about Jesus that was calling him. So he met with Jesus, and Jesus told him, he said, you know, you got to be born again. And he, and him, in all his wisdom, asked a question. and was like, so what do you mean? As a grown man, I have to go back into my mother's womb? And he's like, absolutely not. You have to be born again by the word of God, the washing of the word. You know, and he ended up getting saved by Jesus. But the sad part is, he wanted to follow him in secret. Because being in his position as a high priest caused him to fear losing what he valued, his image, his power, his position, more than having faith and more than walking with God. Which is why when this, when Jesus told the disciples to follow him, they had to give up and sacrifice who they were to become who they were, who, who they were meant to be. Which is why when we have when we have to follow the scripture that says, forgetting those things which are behind, press towards the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. It, the truth is, it is a press. It's a press to forget what you once knew when it was the only thing you knew, when it was the only way you knew how to get out, which is why we must die daily to our flesh and what we think of ourselves and what folks think of us and focus on what comes out of us so we can represent God like Jesus did in the spirit of truth without being defiled. He told Satan, get thee behind me, Satan. You know, he rebuked him. And that's what we have to do as well. And sometimes we got to rebuke ourselves, you know, so that we're not vile and cruel and sinful and bitter. So many things that the Pharisees and Sadducees needed to learn, which is why Jesus rebuked them and told them enough with the customary ritual of making sure they're holy and upright on the outside instead of changing the posture of their hearts which would have cleansed them on the inside. And the holiness the holiness that they would have accomplished being clean and walking in love and, and, and you know, manifesting the love of God on the inside, it would have illuminated them from the inside out. People would have been able to see that they truly had the love of God. One thing we have to remember, we cannot win folks to Christ without love. Because truly, we, how can we say we love God whom we've never seen if we can't truly love our brothers that we see every day and brothers and sisters as well because it's mankind. So we, make, we have to make sure we watch what we consume as it will grow and what you eat the most grows the most. We definitely have to make sure, you know, have to make sure we we are doing that I just hope that this helps you all I hope you realize that we could ask God at any time to create in us a clean heart and renew the right spirit in us but we don't want to be blind like the Pharisees we want to be made whole so you want to make sure that your heart is right Father God, we just come to you and we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. We thank you for giving us access to you, Lord God. Even in our mess, even in our sin, 
even in the things that we allow of this world to distract us, Lord. We repent, Father God. Please forgive us, Lord. And we ask you right now, Lord, to create in us a clean heart and renew in a right spirit in us, Lord God, that we may be lined up with your word, Father God. We want to eat the things of your word, Father God, so that that can grow the most, Lord. We don't want to live just by bread alone or the things of this world, Father God. We want to live by every word that proceeds out of your mouth. So we ask that the Holy Spirit come in and allow us to do so by showing us the right way, going before us, ordering our steps, Lord God. And we just thank you in Jesus' name, Father God, for rebuking the devourer, keeping them back so that we can see, we can hear, and we can walk in faith and trust in you and lean out to our own understanding. And we dispatch the angels around us from the east and north, the south and the west. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode, and I pray that you find your area and allow God to cleanse you so that you won't be clean on the outside only, to be filthy on the inside. God bless you. Until next time, be blessed. Bye.